Hey everyone, welcome to How Did You Gain a Testimony? I interview all different kinds of people to figure out how they gained a testimony in hopes that you can relate to one of them and find comfort in their journey. Finding Jesus Christ is different for everyone, and I hope all these different stories can help you. Today, I interview Max Kraft, who is currently serving in the Pocatello, Idaho Mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Max was one of my friends in high school and truly one of the most charismatic people I've ever met. It's actually so crazy that I get to interview him and so exciting to hear about his perspective on his life from the mission field. Max talks about how the initial testimony and belief that his parents instilled in him as a child never wavered even throughout all the times that his environment and friends changed, so like when he moved around as a kid. Um, and I'm so grateful that Max was vulnerable enough to share his journey with depression and the impact that had on his testimony. How such a difficult and painful trial made him question how God could be there for him and still let him experience something like that. But as Max followed spiritual promptings and read the Book of Mormon, he eventually found a love for scriptures and his testimony began to grow again. He gives some incredible advice to anyone who's wondering if they should serve a mission or has trouble recognizing spiritual promptings or has trouble feeling the spirit in general through throughout like mental illness or depression. Because of the different mission rules, the audio quality on this episode isn't the best, but the powerful spirit totally makes up for it. And I hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, I'm here with my friend Max Craft, but right now he's Elder Craft. Max, do you want to tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm Elder Craft. Um, I'm currently serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints in the Idaho Pocatello Mission. I've been on my mission now um, 20 months. So it's, it's crazy. Time's gone by really fast. Uh, but that's that's all there is to me right now. I <laughs> I spent the last twenty months talking about Jesus, and I forgot the rest. So that's, that's perfect. Me. Okay, well, um, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. This is this is so fun. Okay, so um, I'm gonna start off relatively simple. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and what part Jesus and his gospel played in that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I loved my childhood. I had a lot of fun. I have an older brother and a younger brother and a mom and a dad and, um, a home that was, that was built on the gospel. I grew up going to church every week. My family moved around quite a bit, so I haven't had any, like, I don't have any, like, super, like, long time, lifetime long friends or anything. Um, I got to know my brothers really well and they became my friends and, yeah, I don't know that I think I think it was really just every Sunday going to church and whether or not I really like lived it at that time, I don't know. <laughs> but I did go to church every week. I went to all the activities. It was good. Yeah. Okay, cool. That makes sense. So, um how did I mean this is kind of progressing from your childhood a little bit, but how did moving around a lot affect your testimony and your relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah, so I spent a lot of my childhood in Houston, Texas. So from when I was like four to when I was 13, I was there and, and 
there was a really strong ward that we were a part of. There was a lot of young men. So like at lunch at school, I would always sit with all the, all my like friends in the deacons quorum and whatnot. Um, so I never, I never questioned my testimony there. And I was, I was living the gospel and doing really well. And then my dad lost his job, which was hard on my family. It really stressed everybody out. And, um, we ended up moving to Minnesota and that was like, that was like so much different. It was like my whole world got flipped upside down because we went from living in this big city with a really strong ward with a good young men's to a really small town, um, Manterville, Minnesota. There's like maybe a thousand people there. And it was my, I was going into high school with my freshman, I think my freshman year of high school, or maybe moved there when I was in eighth grade, but Either way, I was the only member of the church at, at my school, and we weren't in the Bible Belt, so there wasn't even that many Christians, and I was exposed to a lot of different things, and um, it was kind of like the first time in my life that I had an opportunity to stand up for Jesus Christ and for what I believe, but I definitely didn't do that. I, I took it as an opportunity to be free and to do what I want to do and try new things, um, but it wasn't, I mean, my testimony didn't really, didn't really get shaken up there much at all. I just, I don't know, I never questioned my belief. Um, and then my family moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, my sophomore year of high school. I was there until I left on my mission, and that was like, that was the best. I loved living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I had a lot of really good friends, and that's definitely where I grew my testimony, where I really developed my own like actual belief in Jesus Christ. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, you talk about having like this basic belief in Jesus Christ and in his gospel. Where did you first learn about that? Was that like your parents or like the youth program or primary or? Yeah, it was definitely my parents. Like, I don't know, because just, just growing up, going to church my whole life, I just never, I just never questioned it. Like all throughout, even like all the moves and stuff and like living in a school where there's not many members of the church. I just, I never thought to even question my beliefs. Um, they just weren't a huge part of my life. I don't think, I don't think I made them a super important part of my life. It was just Mm. something I did on Sunday. Yeah. When did it become a big part of your life or when did you start wanting it to be a big part of your life? Definitely while I, I lived in the Dallas Fort area, when I was, um, we can really get into it here if you really want. <laughs> when I was, I think when I was a junior in high school, um, I think that's when COVID was, and I'm like a really social person and being isolated, I don't think that had a really good effect on me. Um, and one thing led to another and I ended up kind of losing who I was and losing my sense of purpose. Um, not being able to attend church weekly, I think, had a big effect on me. And I started just really feeling like really lazy. And then I was feeling really sad all the time. Um, and I started to really struggle with major like depression. It was really, really hard on me. And I I kept it a secret from my family. I was dating a girl, and she knew about it. 
but it was like it was a whole mess my life was at that point just crazy I, I was really really insecure um struggling with depression I was struggling to find peace struggling to find happiness fulfillment um but I'd go out with my friends and I, I'd get to be myself for a little bit and then I'd, I'd come home and I wouldn't be able to sleep at night because I was just so depressed um I think there was one night in in specific that was like really hard on me with depression. It was I was getting ready to go to bed and usually I couldn't sleep, but I was able to fall asleep this night and and so I didn't. I woke up the next morning and I had some notifications on my phone. Uh, so I was checking those and I had a Snapchat from a friend that I hadn't talked to in like forever he was one of my buddies in minnesota we weren't like super close we weren't best friends um but he was in the grade below me and he was picked on a little bit and i always tried to stand up for him and just kind of take him under my wing so when i saw this snapchat from him i was really excited because i was looking forward to talking to him that was someone that i felt like maybe i could relate to at this point in my life struggling with depression anyways i opened the snapchat and it's just like a picture of a piece of notebook paper and um, there's a letter on it and I'm reading the letter and I find out that he he took his life that night and I remember like being like totally crushed um, and I remember looking at all the Snapchat stories and they're all saying rest in peace, rest in peace and I was like oh my goodness. I thought, man, if I was just, if I was awake that night, like, I could have opened the Snapchat, I could have talked to him, I could have helped him, um, but I wasn't, and so I took it really personally, I made it feel like it was my fault, and it was, yeah, it was really difficult, um, I don't want to get too far into it, but I, I struggled like that for, with depression for probably, six months seven months eight months and um i made some foolish decisions and my parents found out about my depression and they took me to get counseling and um, i met with the doctor to get some medication and this whole time like throughout this whole experience again like i wasn't trying to find jesus throughout it at all i wasn't looking for his help yeah i you know um but anyways, I, I end up getting a good counselor. We find a medication that works, and I'm not struggling with depression anymore. Everything's good. Um, but then I start to question. I feel like this is where I get I got really prideful here. I'm like, well, where was God throughout that whole experience? Mm. Like, I I couldn't see him. At least I felt like I couldn't see him throughout that experience. So I started to question my beliefs. And this was like the first time in my life that I had ever questioned my testimony dang and i started um doing some research online and reading into all of this anti-mormon literature and i i felt like betrayed i felt like this is all stuff i should have known before and i like i totally was losing my testimony i lost my belief um in god and jesus christ i I kept, I kept going to church, um, 
just because my whole family went and um, and all my friends were there. So it was a good support group. But I really didn't have a testimony at that point because I felt like if God was real, he would have helped me. He wouldn't have let me struggle throughout yeah. that de- depression. So life goes on like this, right? I'm, I'm on cruise control, testimony not really there. Um, but then I start to see myself fall into some of these depressive cycles again. I start getting insecure again. I can tell that I'm not treating people how I should. And it really scared me because I, I did not want to struggle with depression anymore. I, I didn't yeah. want that experience. Um, and so I, I was like really desperate. I was like, I need something to help. And I remember I was just laying in my bed. It was like the middle of the night. I'm like looking at the ceiling. I'm just trying to think, just like what has happened to me this last year and a half? Like my life has just been all over the place. It's just been this emotional roller coaster. And I just remember thinking to myself, I used to be so happy. Where did that happiness come from? And why can't I feel it now? And I started to think back when I was just like young, like elementary school. And the thought came into my mind. I started thinking, I could, I like imagine myself sitting in um, like a little classroom in primary at church and the teacher asking questions and all the kids like blurting it out, um, you know, church questions. And I remember thinking, I had this thought that maybe the reason I was so happy was because I didn't doubt my testimony. Maybe the reason I was so happy was because I believed in Jesus Christ and but then I like shooed that thought away. I was like, no, because I felt like I had proven it wrong. You know, mm, I felt like I, yeah. I felt like I had proven that God wasn't real. That He was just um, something like a character that man made up to answer questions that we couldn't answer. Wow. But as I continued to think about it, I was like, man, I, you know, if I could bring myself to believe in Jesus Christ, if I could bring myself to believe in God. I know my life would be better, even though, like, logically to me, it just doesn't make sense. You know, the prideful part of me felt like I had it figured out that he wasn't real. I still was able to admit to myself that I had a desire to believe. Like, I want to believe. And so I took that desire and I said a prayer. and I knelt down and it was the most important prayer that I ever said. Yeah. I prayed out loud and it was the most, it was so honest such an honest prayer i remember saying out loud saying like you know god i i I feel stupid for saying this prayer i feel stupid for talking out loud i have a hard time believing that you're there Mm. but i just want to be happy i want to have peace in my life i want confidence um and i really want to know if you're real i want to know if jesus christ is my savior and I expressed those desires, and I closed the prayer, and I just felt like I, I just had this small prompting. I, I never had this, you know, this whole experience, I never had some big spiritual awakening, but I had this small prompting to read the Book of Mormon. And up to this point in my life, I had, I literally had never had a habit of reading the Book of Mormon. Um, I had never, I don't think I'd ever even gotten through, like, First Nephi on my own like I never tried I never tried to read it um cover to cover but this was like the first time in my life I was like I I need to know and I was also like a senior in high school so it was like 
I realized, you know, I'm either going on a mission, I'm going to BYU Idaho. Like I, I need to figure out if this stuff is real, if it's true. And so I got a, I got like, I met with my bishop and I just asked him for a Book of Mormon. I just wanted like a new, like blue investigator copy of the Book of Mormon. And he gave me one. I told my bishop, um, and I feel like this is key to a lot of this. If you guys are struggling with your testimony, if you're struggling with anything, talk to your bishop. Be so open with your bishop. That was the best thing that I ever did is I was really open with my bishop throughout all of it, throughout the depression, throughout my testimony struggles. I was really open with my bishop. I told my bishop, I was like, I'm going to read this book cover to cover. And every week, I just want to meet with you right after church for like 15 minutes. And I want to bring you my concerns. I want you to answer my questions. And he, he loved that idea. He cared so much about me. Wow. And so I started on this process of reading the Book of Mormon every day and praying about what I read. And at first, I was like trying to critique it. I was looking for... I don't know. I was looking to prove it, to prove it wrong. And I'd bring it to my bishop and he'd prove me wrong. <laughs> it was like this pattern for a little bit. Kept studying. I kept praying. And eventually, and I mean, man, I had never studied anything this hard in my life. Like I never studied for school, but this just meant the world to me. I wanted to know so bad. Yeah. If God was real. It's so I, I studied it really hard. I took notes and eventually I just recognized that I love the Book of Mormon. That mm. when I start reading it, I, I didn't want to put it down, that I felt peace. Um, I started to recognize a positive change in my life. I was a happier person. I felt like there was more peace in the relationships that I had with friends and with my family. And I prayed and, and asked my father, Heather, I hadn't finished reading it yet, but I asked him if this book was true. And I just knew that it was. Yeah. I just, knew, I just knew that it was. And so at that point, I had a testimony of the Book of Mormon. Um, and I knew the Book of Mormon was true. And so I was like, I was like amped. I told, like, I was dating this girl. I told her. And then I told my family. And I told my bishop. And I was, I was really excited because I was like, okay, I want to serve a mission. Like, I want to share this with everybody. Dang. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's how I first gained a testimony. It started with the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> throughout my mission serving in Idaho, we ran into so many people that just, <laughs> they, they really don't like the church. They're around members of the church that they don't like. And so, you know, throughout these last 20 months, I've had lots of opportunities to be asked questions that I don't have the answer to, questions about church history, yeah. questions about the validity of the Book of Mormon. And it's been this awesome opportunity to tackle all of those concerns and study it out. And what I've come to find is that uh, a testimony of the Book of Mormon is a good start. But what's most important is a testimony that Jesus Christ is your Savior. That's, mm -hmm. like, that's where it needs to start. You can have a testimony that Joseph was a prophet and that the Book of Mormon is true and that President Nelson's a prophet, but what you need, what's necessary, is the testimony that Jesus Christ is your Savior. You have to come to understand what he has done for you and for me and for everybody. And throughout these last 20 months, I've absolutely become converted to not the Book of Mormon, but to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like that, that's where my testimony is. 
that's so, I full-heartedly agree. <laughs> but that's such a fascinating story. I have a few questions about it. Um, I think that, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories of kids going to EFY and then they'll get like a spiritual, like they'll have like a prompting or something. Um, but what's really hard is to commit to that prompting and like actually let it change your life. What do you think helped you make that decision and like really commit to reading the Book of Mormon and not just let it be like a thought that you had? Yeah, that's such a good question. I'm glad you asked. Um, honestly, I had a, I had an amazing support group. I, I've always been really open about like everything. I'm just, I'm a social person. So throughout all my struggles, like everybody knew it. And maybe it was because I wanted attention, but either way, I was telling everybody, so everyone was aware of my situation, and I think once people found that I was studying from the Book of Mormon, they were very supportive. My, my parents were really supportive of that decision. My bishop was so supportive, and I was dating a girl at the time, and she was, like, really supportive. She would remind me to read from the scriptures, but I think that's what helped me commit to that decision was my support group but then also like just a genuine desire like I I don't know for me like I had to be torn down before I could be built back up and I I really did have a desire that's so cool (laughs) um and I love that the scriptures reinforce that idea that like all you need to have is a desire and then you can like enter the kingdom of God and you can be one of his disciples so I think that's so cool how, I mean, you talked about how your testimony kind of transformed um, with a mission and how that started with the joy that you found in the Book of Mormon, but what was the process like of, you know, realizing that you wanted to serve a mission and then, like, starting your mission papers and then, like, going into the MTC and all that? That's a good question. So I came, I, I gave my testimony to the Book of Mormon around, I think, like, the end of January. Um, 2021 and so I still had some time um, between then and when I could really start on my mission papers um, but I'm trying to think my, my, my friends and my family played a huge role throughout that continually studying the Book of Mormon and then honestly like that was that's just how it worked for me I, I gained a testimony the Book of Mormon was true and then I asked God, if I should serve a mission or go to college, and like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't remember having like a super strong spiritual prompting one way or the other. Yeah. But I thought of the two options, um, you know, school or going on a mission, and I like never been a big school person, so I decided <laughs> I was gonna gonna go on a mission, and I, I did everything that I could to prepare for my mission. Preparing for my mission was definitely that was hard, but it was totally worth it. What did you do to prepare? At first, I, I so I continued to study from the Book of Mormon, um, continued to meet with my bishop every week, and I went to mission prep classes. And I think the hardest part about preparing, I was, I'm like an overthinker, so I was always like praying, like, what more can I do? Like, what more yeah. can I do to prepare for my mission? Like. I want my mission to change my life. Like, I remember thinking, like, I just want to come out of my mission with, like, the strongest testimony ever. Like, that's why I'm going out there. 
like, what do I need to do to make sure that happens? I was doing those things. Um, and then I had this question. I was like, I wonder if I should like break up with the girl I was dating. I was like, I wonder if that's what I should do. If that's like another step I should take to prepare for my mission. And I prayed about it. Um, like I remember not like receiving an answer. This is like kind of funny. I don't think I've told anybody this, but <laughs> I was like praying about it. And I wasn't getting an answer. And I was like, man, like, so what do I do? And we had this mission prep and uh, the state president was there. <laughs> so I talked to him. I said, president, like, I just, I'm trying to prepare for my mission. And I've been praying about whether or not I should break up with this girl. And I'm just not getting an answer. Like, what does that mean? Like, why am I not getting an answer? And my state president said, said, well, Max, if you're not receiving an answer, it probably doesn't hold any eternal value. And I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> so this relationship that I have doesn't hold eternal value. Oh, okay. Like, all right. <laughs> that was like a really hard pill for me to swallow because I was like really attached to this person. I was definitely dependent on that person. And, um, like she, you know, she had had, she like took everything. I mean, I was, yeah, when I was struggling with depression, like she was there throughout all of it. Um, and she struggled with, with anxiety and we had built this like relationship. We felt like we were in the clear, I guess, um, cause we were both, I don't know, working towards getting over our mental illnesses. And I just, I kept thinking about it and I thought, you know, like, I guess I have like three options. It's either I, I like continue dating her my whole mission and I'm distracted on my mission. I knew myself too well. I was too insecure. Like I knew that I'd be wanting to text her all the time. So it's like, that's option one. I keep dating her. Option two is like, I wait until like, you know, the day before I leave to break up with her. But then I'm like, well, then I'll have like four months or six months where I'm still like heartbroken and trying to, to cope with it. Yeah. Or I break up with her like, as soon as possible <laughs> and hopefully by the time I get on my mission I'm over it and I chose I chose that option um that was that was the hardest thing that I had to do pre- to prepare for my mission yeah because up until that point we had planned on staying together and I yeah I talked to her after after mission prep and told her that you know I just you know that's what is best for both of us as if we break up. And I remember, like, looking up to the sky. Like, she's, like, really sad. I'm, like, looking up to the sky. I'm, like, all right, God, like, where's, like, the spiritual confirmation that this is the right thing to do? Yeah. Like, well, come on. And nothing happened. Um, but with time, I've definitely come to see that it was, like, totally worth it. She's doing just, like, way, way better than she ever was um, before it. And I feel, I feel the same, the same way. We both are on our separate ways, and we're both really, really happy in the service, service of the Lord. And, and because of that decision, I've been able to just focus so well on fulfilling our missionary purpose and, and strengthening my testimony of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, um, I guess what kind of goes along with that topic kind of well is um, how do you think the spirit speaks to you and it sounds like i mean we all have that experience of like being like i don't really know if the spirit is speaking to me or not but i'm just making decisions but i was wondering if you had any insight on that i totally do 
I love that question because that was like a really big concern I had. I was like, how do I know if it's the spirit or my own thoughts? There's a scripture in Moroni, it's chapter 7, verse 13, and it says, But behold, that which is of God inviteth and enticeth to do good continually. Wherefore, everything which inviteth and enticeth to do good and to love God and to serve him is inspired of God. Um, and on my mission, I've totally applied that, and I've seen blessings. I think if it, if if the thought, if the idea is good, if it has good intentions, if it invites other people to do good, if it makes people happy, um, then it's from God. And I've applied that to like every thought that I have. You know, I'm not necessarily looking for a spiritual like feeling. I get those every now and then, right? The warm fuzzies, but. I'm just looking for the Lord's influence on my thoughts. And if I have thoughts or ideas that prompt others to do good, then that's from God. And you might as well just go for it. Even if it, even if it doesn't, you know, make, make a lot of sense at the time being, you'll see the blessings, the blessings later. It's always better to act on those promptings than to let them go by. Yeah. That's great insight and super helpful for anybody who's, I don't know, trying to figure out how the spirit talks to them. So thank you. Um, how do you think, I mean, you're in the mission field, which is pretty crazy that I get yeah. to talk to you. This is super cool. How That's has, awesome. how has um, just like living, like your purpose in life being sharing the gospel, how has that impacted your outlook on life and your testimony? Oh my goodness. It has been the, the most life-changing um, decision I've ever, I've ever made was to serve a mission. Um, one of the, I think one of the best parts of serving a mission is that you spend all day, every day, um, trying to serve and help other people the best way possible. And that was one thing I noticed when I was struggling with depression was that service, like, always made me feel good. So I was, like, always looking for service opportunities and, that was one of the big reasons I came on a mission is I figured I would never, I just wouldn't be sad because I'd be serving others. Um, and that's definitely the truth. Serving other people brings so much joy into your own life. And I've definitely adopted a new way that I look at the world and at people. I've definitely learned that everybody is going through something. Like nobody's life is perfect, no matter how happy they may look, no matter how good it may seem. Everyone has struggles and everyone has trials. And the best part is the gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer to all of it. And it really, really is. Yeah, that's so cool. So um, I know that when you struggle with a mental illness like depression or anxiety or, I mean, honestly, anytime when you're going through something overwhelming in life, it's really hard to feel the spirit what advice would you give to somebody who's experiencing some sort of depression or depressive episode and feels like they can't feel the love of God or feel like a connection to him? That's a really good question. You know, the first piece of advice I would give anybody struggling with depression is to talk to people about it. That's like, that's so crucial. Um, because the people around you, especially like your priesthood leaders at church, 
they're in tune with the spirit, they can feel the spirit. And when you're around them, you can feel the spirit. I know, like, for me, um, like, the girl I was dating, her dad was, like, just this, like, to me, like, this spiritual giant. And, like, the more time I spent around him, the more time I felt peace and I felt reassurance. Um, so I think, I think that's really big. Being around those people that you know are spiritual, a feeling of the spirit they have, and then just so much prayer. You really have to pray for it. You really have to, to work for it. Um, keep asking God to bless you with his spirit. There's a scripture in John chapter 7, verse 17. It says something along the lines of, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. So if, the only way to, to really, I don't know, feel the spirit to really gain that testimony is to start living the gospel. So make sure that the way that you're living is um, conducive to the spirit. And there's probably changes that you'll have to make. There's probably some things you'll have to stop doing and some things you'll have to start doing. But that's the promise from the Lord is that if we live the gospel, we'll be able to feel the spirit. We'll be able to gain a testimony of it. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who is unsure if they want to serve a mission or not? They're unsure of what kind of like spiritual promptings they're receiving. And yeah. I say go for it. I say that I say like, I say just go for it. Just, just give it all you got for as long as you can. And, and you know, if you realize that it's just not, it just wasn't the right decision, then that's okay. It's okay to, to switch to a service mission or, or to come home early. But I say, get out there and serve. I think it's the best opportunity that we have. And it, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's supposed to be difficult. That's, that's what this life is about. But serving a mission, I think everybody should do it. Yeah. It's so awesome. Um, how do you plan on continuing to expand your testimony and grow your testimony? That's an awesome question. I know when I go home, I want to attend like the institute classes, and I just want there's a scripture that says, "Let virtue garnish thy thoughts." And so every opportunity that I get, um, I just want to be learning more about my Savior, and it can be. Maybe in the car playing, you know, music that talks about Jesus Christ. That's about Jesus. Um, it could be listening to podcasts that uh, invite us to grow closer to Jesus Christ. And if I receive a calling, doing all that I can to fulfill that calling, making fulfilling that calling a priority in my life. But that's definitely a key. You can't get complacent with your testimony, or else you'll lose it. If you don't water a plant, it will die. So, yeah, just continually trying to. Let virtue guard my thoughts. Think about Jesus more. That's super cool. Great, great scripture. Um, my last question: What advice would you give to someone who's struggling to gain a testimony? You know, what worked for me was first a desire. So. The first thing is you have to you have to want it for yourself. You have to want to believe 
in God, and you have to want to believe in Jesus Christ. That's the first step is a desire. And the second part, I think, is prayer. You've got to pray and be really honest with God and and explain, even though it feels like you're not talking to anybody, I know how that feels, explain that you know, you're going to make some changes in your life to try this out, to experiment, and to see if, if God lives. And then after you've established that desire, after you've prayed, go and do. Just experiment. Live the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, do, do all the primary answers. Pray as often as you can. Read from the scriptures. Um, keep the commandments and have that desire to believe in God. Have the desire to experience the promised blessings of the Spirit, that joy and that peace. And I know that, and I can promise that you'll receive the answers you're looking for, and you'll come to know that Jesus Christ is our Savior, and He is our Redeemer. Yeah, I second everything Max said. <laughs> Max, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really hope everybody, I don't know, listens to your advice. I know people will find comfort in your story. And yeah, thank you so much. Hey, absolutely. I thought it was really fun. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to that episode. I hope you guys loved it as much as I loved talking to Max and interviewing him. I think his like added level of like vulnerability and like his candid nature and rhetoric made it so much easier to relate to him. Like that frustration through trial and then eventually like just the peace that you feel through scripture study. So I really liked interviewing him. I think that I really would have benefited from a story like this when I was struggling to gain a testimony so make sure to share this with anyone who i don't know is struggling to feel the spirit in the midst of the trials that they're undergoing so for updates on when new episodes come out follow the podcast instagram at gain underscore a underscore testimony and email or dm me for any suggestions or ideas or people who you would want me to interview but thanks so much for listening and i'll see you guys next time Thank you.